You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 22. This episode is sponsored by hashtag Year in Boston. Visit yearinboston.com to win a year of free rent at Chroma Cambridge. Donate $10 to Y2Y Harvard Square and you'll automatically be entered to win. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. 19 um, out of 21 weeks. Yeah, that's that's a good run. That's, a good that's run almost right embarrassing. I know, we got it. We need to get a life. Derek and Steve present... Any party thoughts or, or comments for us? We, we always appreciate you as a guest. The North remembers. <laughs> Long live the king. King of the North. It's <laughs> very good. Very good. My first screen name was Viola Man 16 because naturally violas plus men equals a lot of chicks. Of course. I don't know. I have no clue why I picked ballistic. Just totally underused word. Decided to use it. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 22, Deuces, of You Heard It Here Second. Double Deuces. I'm Derek. This is Steve. Steve, what's going on? What's going on? Derek, you know, not much is going on. We got a lot going on in the sports world. Yep. Pe- baseball players getting punched in the face. Yep. Um, horses we have a, winning races horses we don't care about. races we don't care about. Um, and also a great sponsor this week. Yeah. Um, you're in Boston, so I actually, um, I know I mentioned this last podcast, I... Uh, spoke with Boston Tweet, met Boston Tweet, um, and he's putting on an event, uh, I believe through his um, startup Flutter, where you can, by donating, be en- by donating any amount of money, I think the minimum is 10 bucks, to a good cause um, that they're sponsoring, you can be entered to win an, a, a prize. And this year it's an actual free year of rent in Boston, wow. in Cambridge. At, at a re- really he sho- nice place. Yeah, he showed me like the website and the place. It's super nice. Um, there's a roof deck that... Wow, I mean, if I if I won that apartment, I would ditch you guys in <laughs> so fast, your heads would spin. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It sounds yeah, great. I'd be out of here. So you want to get to some more Boston stuff in the fourth quarter today, perhaps? Let's get to Do some a more little, Boston. Little more stuff. briefing. Okay, a little cool. more briefing. Talk about our your encounter with them and, and kind of what's coming up next, so we can get to that in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, we will do the same beginning first half as we have the last few episodes, which is Game of Thrones and sports. Right now, we're in a bit of a groove with that. We'll stick with it. Um, like we alluded to, there's some stuff coming up in upcoming episodes that might spice things up a little bit today. Another standard one. So, yes. uh, we'll start Game of Thrones, uh, first quarter. So spoilers, spoilers, oh. obviously, as, as you know, spoilers coming. Um, so last night again, um, we're headed on the same track, but to me, a lot of improvement this episode to you. I don't know how much improvement you think. I think some, but I, I can um, tell you're still a little skeptical. I'm skeptical. I, this season is trending down for me. I don't love it. I feel Every time I'm watching any scene, I feel like it's done so in such a cheesy fashion this year. It's it's so made for TV, um, and obviously what they expected to be a, an unbelievable, so powerful, cool ending with her burning the thing. Like she stands up there, she makes her speech, she slowly pushes one over. They, they all start to die. She slowly pushes another one. Like. And then she makes eye contact, slowly pushes, then walks out of the fire. Like, it's so scripted now. And even um, another scene I brought up was when Tyrion walks down after meeting with the slavers and meets, and there's like 10 townspeople there. And they're like, how could you betray us? And he's like, well, this is my job. And they then they look at Grey Worm. Well, Grey Worm, what do you think? And he's like, well, this is his job. And they look at Missandei. Missandei, what do you think? And she's like, well, this is his job. Like, it's just very scripted and not Game of Thronesy, you know? 
yeah so uh i can definitely see i can see that perspective um certainly uh, it this season does have a lot of that um i will say uh i don't feel that way as strongly and i'm, I'm actually starting to think about maybe the reasons why and and i think that one and this is just me off the cuff i don't know would have to find out what more people think um but i think that potentially the people who didn't read the books may not perceive this season to be as cheesy and scripted as the people who did. That may not be that um, may be true actually. B- because yeah. because I think that even subconsciously for people like yourself who have watched the first 5 seasons of this show being in line with the books, not necessarily word for word or anything like that, but you kind of have an idea of what's coming and you have an expectation of what's coming. I think that there's two there's two halves of it. There's one there's what you're expecting and now you don't know what to expect anymore and you might have more of a keen eye for what's cheesy and not cheesy. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is that they're also you're right in that they're making it for TV now as opposed to following the book. Um, and so to me, I think it's a little bit of both. So, so I, I definitely can't argue with some of the cheesiness that, I mean, there is certainly, it, it does strike a little bit more cheesy in, than in, in previous seasons. I think the the scene with Tyrion and, and those two uh, and Grey Worm and uh, Missandei, uh, is that, say it again, is that how you pronounce it? Missandei. Missandei. Um, that scene certainly was a little bit felt like it was a play almost it was like you yeah know, the, exactly. it's like they're they're asking the person at the right like, yeah at, at, when it's their turn to ask them they ask that person and yeah. um you know it, it did feel a little bit like that it was they kind of have these scenes that they they wait and then they give the the big reveal like like the Jon Snow revival was a little bit like that too I think and mm-hmm. so I do understand that I but I'm, I'm curious and I'd like to know what other people think because I think that if you didn't read the books you might not be perceiving it as cheesy this season um, but one thing that you can say uh, about episode four uh, last uh, on Sunday night was that finally a few storylines start to converge a little bit. Yes. So we've been waiting a very long time for anybody to meet up with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just having their own separate siloed storylines. Um, and finally this season, um, Sansa met up with uh, what's her guts? What's her name? Uh, the big lady, Brienne. Uh, Brienne. Brienne of Tarth, who no one cares about, first of all. <laughs> so that that was not except that, the wildly. The not wildling that likes her. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, see, it's also very like cheesy in that. Th- there, or, there's like, a lot more humor. There's in a this lot more humor that, that and, and doesn't always feel natural. Exactly. It's not that I hate the humor, but it doesn't. It, again, it's it's a little bit of a break from what we've seen and what it's we've a, expected. It's a it it almost feels like it's and it may be true written by different writers. Like the the storyline is the same. They're going in the same directions. People are still dying because it's Game of Thrones, but they're the story. The way the characters are acting is a bit different, mm-hmm. and the way they're speaking is a bit. Everything's almost a cliche. Like everything they say yeah. is a cliche. Like um, Grey Worm says, like you do not use them; they use you. Yeah. Or like um, John the Davos. I touched on it when Jon Snow yeah, goes, go, fail, go again. fail again. I was yeah. like, that's the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like what are they doing? Right, and and so and that's where I think, like I was just saying, I think there's, there's, I'm kind, of, I'm fifty fifty on it because I think that, for one, it certainly is like like that. Those those lines are cheesy. I think at the same time there are probably some lines similar to that in previous seasons that were written in, in the book, and yeah. so they don't appear as cheesy. But if George R. R. Martin were to write those, and, and for instance, you had read the book and that's what he says, then it wouldn't feel cheesy. Just yeah. for example, so I think, I think it's some of both, but I think that. I think it, it's kind of a weird, like, circular logic that I'm thinking of in that regard because I think that from not reading the books that that lead to the episode, it seems cheesier. But then at the same time, writing the episodes without the books makes it cheesier. I yeah. Because now it's like, this is almost exactly what I would expect if you told me, okay, 
the writers of the show are going to catch up to the book and then they have to start writing it as a show without the the crutch of the book. Yeah. This is almost exactly what I would expect it to be if that were the situation. Mm-hmm. If you were writing Game of Thrones for TV only. Oh, so, it, so what are your thoughts on the final scene? Because that's obviously the, the climax of the episode. Um, her burning down the the dose yeah. by yeah, sure, so whatever. I mean, so, so I... I I think that it reminded me of the of the last time when she escaped on the dragon, that huge immaculate scene. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's an instance where that the last one where she escaped presumably was in the book. I didn't read it. Um, and, and so this one obviously isn't yet in the book, at least that that we've read. You know, maybe George R. R. Martin planted it in there, but. I mean, I agree that I think the theatrics of it were over the top. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a little it's, theatrical. It's, and, and, you know, I think that you do need the theatrics in Game of Thrones. Like we had said before, it's not a dialogue. It shouldn't be a dialogue-based show um, fully. You know, that you need to have action. You need yeah. to have things like that. And and every now and then you need to have a powerful scene where, where you know, whatever, she's on fire yeah. if you want or something like that. Yeah. But but it was an extremely long scene. I, it was, like I, it, I felt like the lead-up to that scene was good. And, and then I thought that the whole theatrics of it were really you're right if over the top if that was written in the books i would have been like whoa that's like that that's a scene that's made for a book yeah yeah like you can you can really expand on that and make it pretty dramatic and with the cgi and like mm-hmm. the i don't know she comes out naked and you're like yeah it said nudity like she's gonna be naked <laughs> since the last 30 seconds <laughs> right, of the show right. like it's just yeah <laughs> i don't know it's it's all very you're right. It yeah, seems it, like a play. I, yeah, and it's tough. It's it's tough for me to to evaluate it based on what you were just saying. There is that it's almost impossible to really figure out if this was in the books. Would I? How would I feel about it if that's how it was written? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's almost me trying to figure out like the Red Wedding, right? Like if that was not in the books, if that was a TV show that I hadn't that was not about a book, would I think that Red Wedding scene was like over the top, or would I think it's you know, fitting. So it's kind of, it's very, very difficult to separate, I think, at this stage. Well, one thing I was going to say is that I'm very excited for, we talked about this, they brought back the Iron Islands storyline and Theon joins up with, um, what's her name? I don't really I don't know. His sister? His sister. Um, Too many names, too many names. Yeah, and there was like a weird, awkward thing where she was yelling at him and he was crying. You're like, (laughs) okay, let's move this along. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wants to support her for the King Smoot, which mm. is probably going to be very cool. Um, yeah. Or at least is it's a very cool idea in the book, mm-hmm. um, and that whole family is really cool in the book. So it's going to be weird to see them adapt it to the show because they just recently introduced one other player, um, and it's the brother, and he's a major player. Right. And now, and, and the girl, his sister's back, who you haven't seen in, in a, while. a season. Right. So. IDK. Yeah, I'm, and, and one thing I will say, uh, you know, I haven't been too critical. I've been a little skeptical, but not too critical this season. One thing I'm quite critical of, uh, at least uh, for some reason, last this past episode it kind of irked me. I think I've I've had way too much of the High Sparrow in this season. Oh yeah, uh, way oh, too yeah. much. There's an extremely long scene where he told the story about how his father was a cobbler and, and like what like, and he I made just, shoes. I don't need it at all. Like and the, and the camera slowly zoomed in on his face for like a minute and a half like yeah. before he then basically said like let me go take you to your brother and see him yeah. and it, like that whole didn't make any sense way too long and, like, and so, drawn out for so me. is she hate him or like him or, or is he using her L- or like, what like, yeah and, and Game of Thrones is such a phenomenal show that this never happens but during that scene I found myself like 
you know, I, I checked what time it was. I almost never like, yeah, you're right. Just check what time it is, see how much time is left. That's not something I've ever really done in Game of Thrones because it's always been such a great show. To or keep usually I check because I'm like, oh, it's almost over. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And that one, I was like, when is this gonna like? Like, I want there to be a lot more than this. Like, yeah. like, like, hopefully it's not too late because this is just the worst scene ever. So, like, <laughs> yeah. That was like that's one thing I'm very critical of the season is he's just been a, a primary factor in every episode and, and the so story boring. hasn't moved anywhere and he's like boring yeah like but, he, he, yeah the the sparrows themselves and the idea is really cool but if they're gonna just focus on this old guy yeah and, who all he does is talk <laughs> that's all he does yeah like the sparrows do cool stuff they they've captured people they've they've created some of the uh, bigger scenes in the recent seasons, but right. him as a character does nothing. Yeah, All he does is walk slowly and talk. Yeah, exactly. And and the fact that he's been so prominently featured in four episodes and that storyline really hasn't progressed at all. I mean, the, there's the famous walk of shame uh, from Cersei shame. from from Cersei last season. Shame. And like nothing's happened since then. Cersei's like Cersei. You know, she did her walk of atonement, and now she's like not a prisoner anymore. But um, Lady Tyrell's still a prisoner, and it's just—it's I don't know—it's—it's it's not moving anywhere. It's so. really not. And so the storylines that are connecting, I'm happy about. Obviously, the storylines that are moving forward seem to be yeah. the Bolton and, story um, and Sansa. Sansa meeting up with Jon Snow. Jon Snow's story is moving forward. Everything else is just kind of being touched on, yeah. so that you don't forget about right. it. And and Daenerys' story might now move because she just did that whole thing, and she's oh, I'm she's so, I'm almost back, like apparently. I'm I'm nervous that I'm going to start disliking Daenerys and that storyline because like it's just the same thing repeating yeah. itself. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, look, now she has an army. Yeah. Cool. Now right. is she going to reconquer the slave cities? Right. Or right. is she going to go across and do something? Like, also, also, for what it's worth, and I think we said this as we watched it, um, when when the two guys uh, get through uh, the city and they are able to get to Daenerys and she's like, we'll never get out of this yeah. city. Like They'll get out the same way those two guys came in. Yeah, like, They exactly. just walked in. Yeah, like, they walked in, <laughs> killed two people. <laughs> And yeah. and now they're out. Like you can yeah. just run out the same way. Yeah. In, in fact, in fact, when for that right before that f- big fire scene, when Daenerys showed up in the temple or, or whatever that building is where she burned everyone down to the ground, um, when she showed up there for a second, I was like, "What the heck?" Like I thought she was, I thought she was escaping with with the two guys, and now she she just came back willingly yeah. to then burn everyone down. So it seemed a little bit, it seemed a little uh, an extra loop that wasn't needed. Okay, but. so we're giving. What do you give this episode? That episode itself, I'll give it. Like a, I'll give that a sixty-five. You hate giving things below fifty. Yeah, you do. I can't. I, I have to dislike it to give it below fifty. <laughs> yeah. maybe that's just the. Maybe if we normalize our uh, scales, things. Well, would be I'm I'm doing it based compared to other episodes. You're doing it based on an overall rating. Yeah, so, yeah, true, true. I love Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is in the '90s, certified guac for me for sure. Right. This episode gets a forty percent. Forty. Steve Nicholas. I don't brown what, avocados. What did you give three? Episode three, do you remember? I think it was below 50 as well. Okay. So, I'm not loving this season. I, but I think that episode four had to be above episode three. I thought episode three was, was slow and didn't get anything. I done. thought this At one was At least a few storylines converged. I thought this, this one, one, like, more stuff happened in this one, but stuff that I, like, yeah. was kind of weirded out about. True. So, I don't know. We'll see moving forward. We're yeah. still all in well, on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and they, they, it did prime itself to, to take steps forward now with those conver- oh, yeah. convergences. Oh, yeah. And, and they continue to kill off characters that don't matter which is like is either good or bad i don't know yet like are we losing characters that could add a bunch like um osha Mm -hmm. and the dorn guy and yeah like you name it that every like third character is getting killed off like bolton 
but it's moving the story yeah, in some direction. It's okay, it's okay with me if it means the main characters are now going to be the focal points and the storylines can it's, converge a little it's bit. It's funny because Game of Thrones is pe- becoming predictable. Yeah. Like, you, you, you can kind of, which is set, obviously, as soon as I say that, someone important's going to die, but <laughs> yeah. now right. unimportant people are dying, so I'm, I don't expect important people to die. Right. Um, and they definitely will. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. But just last thought on that, that, that actually, the more I've thought about that too, having the freedom from the books extremely increases the likelihood that the important people stay. Oh yeah. Because, and extremely increases the likelihood that unimportant storylines are cut off. Because that's how TV shows work. Yeah. I, I mean, like they t- can't cover that much. Like I, I know that Game of Thrones ratings are in no way in danger, but they're paying these actors big money. They're paying like the, the stars of that show are are much safer now that they've passed the books because they're not going to kill. The, I mean, w- they're not going to kill off as many people at risk of, of yeah, saying that too that, soon. They're an, not going to do it because it's a TV show. TV shows don't do that. Books, that's an books will take. do that. That's an interesting take. And I think I agree with it because you're right. The, the story is too expansive to be covered in an hour. Yeah. Um, so they have to do something about, but like you could totally see them making this like Jon Snow, Tyrion, Daenerys, like Sansa, all, all the all the people that have been there all along, and the biggest name actors that are there, them kind of converging to something towards the end. Mm-hmm. You, you can totally see that happening. Yeah. So either way, we'll see Game uh, Game of Thrones season uh, six Epis- off to a decent start. But episode, episode five next week. Correct. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get some opinions from some of our special guests. Yeah, yeah, we, we we're due for one, so we can bring that on next week. All right, and moving into the second quarter now, we'll do some trivia. Love it. Trivia. All right, so as usual, uh, we got four clues this time, uh, and try to pause it after each one if you want to, to uh, give yourself a chance to guess. Uh, So clue number one, this person was born on September 21st, 1950 in Evanston, Illinois. So 1950, um, that's pretty old. We're not going to do the math for you this time. (laughs) So uh, born September 21st, 1950. Um, this person is part-time owner of three minor league baseball teams, um, including the River Dogs in Charleston, uh, the Broxton, the Brockton Rocks in Massachusetts, um, and his official title with the Charleston River Dogs is actually the director of fun. Director of fun. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fun job. Third clue: the reclusive actor does not have an agent. He has an automated phone line where one can call to pitch an idea over voicemail, and if he likes it, he will contact the filmmaker back. So this person is an actor now. Um, now you know that. Oh, interesting actor, definitely character. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this last clue should give it away. Um, but the films this person has starred in include Kingpin, Ghostbusters, Space Jam, Caddyshack, Lost in Translation, Groundhog Day, Zombieland, and of course, the Jungle Book reboot. So, and so of course, if you're not getting it yet after all those movies, watch, start watching a few more movies. <laughs> and the answer is, of course, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, um, the star of Space Jam, best player on the team. Definitely a fun Google if you've never Googled Bill Nur- Bill Murray's name. Um, you get what's called Bill Murray stories, <laughs> which are things that are basically like he walks up to you. And these are true stories. And that he like walks into a house party, does the dishes and leaves. <laughs> he walks behind a bar, people ask him for, for beers, and he serves them shots of tequila, <laughs> no matter what they ask for. Um and one more um oh gosh, what was it? Um oh he walks up to to someone at a fast food restaurant, takes their French fry, eats it in front of him and says, No one will ever believe you and then <laughs> walks away. 
Like he's a very interesting character. Interesting character for sure. And fits the persona that he has in movies as well. So so there you go. Trivia is Bill Murray, and that is the second quarter and wraps up the first half. And now we'll move into the third quarter for some sports. So uh, we got some. We got a few big sports topics as usual. Uh, we won't uh, probably spend as much time as we did last week on it. But uh, the first topic is something we don't care about at all, which hate, is... Almost hate it. Almost hate it. The Preakness is coming up, uh, and Nyquist won the Kentucky Derby, which someone has to win the Kentucky Derby. Someone so has to every do year we start talking about whether the horse that won will win the Triple Crown. Yeah. We thought that maybe last year that would end when American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, but of course that didn't happen. I'm um, I'm on team. I want there to be another Triple Crown and another one after this. Every year. Every year I want there to be a Triple Crown, so people are so bored with the Triple Crown. Because yeah. it, like three races for, I mean, it's cool. It's very fun for the two minutes it's on TV. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun day if you're there. It's uh, if you actually get into it, you can dress fancy. Oh yeah, it's definitely fun if you're it's there. It's fun if you're. It's just like a fun event. But I don't want ESPN covering sport, like horse racing. Yeah, I don't. No. I don't care about no. if one horse can win three different yeah, races. Like, not who at all. like what's w- the- one interesting thing. Uh, this is the last thing we'll talk about. American Pharaoh, uh, since retiring after the Triple Crown last year, has an unbelievable. Uh, breeding, fee? yeah, uh, two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I was gonna guess. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you were gonna guess. Two hundred thousand dollars for the rights uh, to breed with American Pharaoh, and I think they said that they've bred him. I think they That's... said they said like I, I don't remember the number. I can't even guess at it. But it's all it's a it's a very very high number. They're making a killing off of American Pharaoh. That's close to Rob Raimundo's stud fee. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not quite, but it's close. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so there you go. American Pharaoh is, is living the life and, uh, Nyquist is trying to follow in suit and we don't care at all. So, uh, moving on NBA playoffs, uh, not talking about the Thunder Warriors game tonight because it's happening as we're podcasting, but, uh, basically we're down to four teams and two series, obviously Eastern conference finals and Western conference finals. This will be a preview to the, to the series. Yeah. even, Even though game one will have been played for the West, uh, these series couldn't be more different. This is... I mean, at least on the surface, this is one of the most lopsided matchups you'll see, the way that Cleveland is playing and the way that yes. Toronto is playing. I don't know how Toronto won that series. I don't every, know how. Every I time mean, I watched that series, Toronto, it felt like Toronto was the worst team every time I watched it. I know, you want to know why? Shots. Because it was dinosaurs versus dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, yeah. And Toronto's not even that old. No, yeah. it's... Oh, t- yeah, I gotcha. The, Raptor, gotcha. the, the Raptors, Raptors versus the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Um, but no, I mean, Dwayne Wade played a, a hell of a series and, and it looked like he was you know carrying his team every time i watched yeah. it but then the raptors somehow were winning so through two series the raptors have gone to seven both series they've struggled mightily with the seven seed pacers and then with the three seed heat both teams that were ranked lower than them now I mean, they're going to face the Cavs, who haven't lost yet i mean could you could you draw up a, a good eastern conference matchup probably not probably no, not not there's this year. no team the raptors are the two seed it's a one-two matchup exactly <laughs> so, and it's still going to be a bad basketball yeah, so like yeah. we're complaining about the best possible scenario yeah that's true that's so true. this was bound to happen well you know still though i think that uh and i said this before if chris bosh was healthy i think that the heat and yeah. the Cavs would have been an interesting series if nothing else because lebron would be facing bosh and Wade. Yep. um but nonetheless i think the east is just a i mean I, I I don't want to say the East overall is a joke because a lot of those teams are okay, but just with the way things are going this year, the Cavs are yeah. ro- rolling it, through the playoffs. It happens every year. Like a, f- a few years ago when 
um, the East was dominating, the West was trapped. Like it just, yeah. it kind of just happens like yeah, that. Back when, like with the Celtics big three, it was yeah. like the, the Lakers were the only team out West and everybody else was in the East. So yeah. it obviously changes quickly. And certainly it has because the West is by complete contrast, looking at one of the best Western conference finals yeah. we will see in a this long time. This is going to be exciting. Not, not only because is it, are they the two flashiest teams in the NBA yeah. by far. Yeah. Um, they're also very good at talking crap. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is a, he's a a powder keg. And, and Draymond Green. And Draymond Green, side. yeah. Like, it, it's basically two... I, I'm very, very excited for it, this it, series. They're almost, probably be watching. There's almost mirror images, really, because you've got... Like, what you just brought up, Westbrook and Draymond Green are, like, the two, like... The two bad boys, like the like the the, the Draymond not, Green the, the wants trash to be talkers. a bad. Draymond but, Green's not yeah, actually. But a bad but then boy. you but then you uh, then you on the other side you have the two golden boys. <laughs> you, yeah. you have Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, who yeah. are the who are just the quiet like mama's boys. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's you know undoubtedly, and it's funny because we were. It, it, it's funny because three or four weeks ago you were looking at the Spurs and the Warriors and saying this will be one of the best West Finals ever, yeah. and the way the Thunder played in that series just has completely turned everyone well, around. They're playing the way that we talked about them playing, that they which can is play. which is Russell Westbrook takes not even a back seat, just yeah. like a different seat, a different seat, yeah. not the yeah. driver's seat. Yeah. Um, so and they have been. So he's gotten more assists, still scores a ton of points. Yeah. He facilitates a lot more, gets a crazy amount of rebounds yeah. for a point guard. Yeah, and, and, and he plays recklessly. And I think uh, one of the keys for them, and, and again, we won't go into the same analysis we did last week, but one of the keys, Westbrook can't reel it in, as we said. One of the biggest advantages that the Thunder can have that most teams don't have when they go up against the Warriors is that Westbrook, more than anyone else in the league, is going to make Steph Curry work on defense. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, Steph's going to have to exert especially a lot of energy. Called, especially because he called him out. Yeah. Did you see what he said today? No, I didn't see what he said, actually. He said, he said he's just a shooter. I've seen those before. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, so, I mean, it it's obviously makes the series more fun when you're talking like that. So, uh, I guess let's skip right to it. Who, who do you like in the series and why? Um, I'm going to... Who do I want to win, or who, who do, I do you think will win? win? Well, I guess both. All right, I, I'm presuming you want the Thunder, but who do you who I, do you think? I'm kind of sick of the the Warriors. I'm kind of sick of the Steph Curry thing. Um, not in a bad way. I think they're great for basketball. He's an unbelievable player, but I'm gonna go Thunder and seven. I'm gonna go Thunder and seven. Not that I love the Thunder. I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I like Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook's kind of a a loser. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both got like loser qualities a, on each team. I'm a big fan. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Durant. I'm a big fan of Westbrook as a player. I don't really yeah. like Westbrook, but as a player, I think he's such a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. The same exact thing can be said on the other side about Curry. Curry's just in a different way, an extremely fun player to watch. I don't really like Draymond Green very much. Um, it's t- it's tough. I, I, I'm going to pick the Warriors, and I think I want the Warriors. Um, just because they're going to be a much good, closer, I think the Warriors in the finals will make for a better finals. I think so too. I think that we we did see a LeBron James Kevin Durant final, and I don't. This, my memory may be not great on this, but I don't think it lived up to what it should have been for Kevin Durant versus LeBron yeah. James. And I, mean, I think they don't match up because they're they they're like they're superstars that play completely different. I mean, I guess obviously Steph Curry is too, but they're at least flashy and crazy. Yeah. Like LeBron's going to bowl through whatever yeah. team well, he plays. Yeah. I think that I think after watching last year which what turned out to be a good finals even with LeBron being almost single-handed without without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving last yeah. year and still you know at least putting up a fight against Golden State. Yeah. All right. So you, I want to see a rematch of it. And so oh. I also yeah, I want Golden State and I'm picking Golden State I think. I 
I agree with you that I'm close to being sick of them, but I also think that after going 73-9, and nine, I want to see them in the NBA Finals. Uh, I think that it's not common that you see a team that has this good of a season, and I'd like to see them at least go to the Finals yeah, and then find I, out what I happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. If they have this unbelievable regular season and don't make it to the Finals, it, it'll kind of be a, an asterisk next yeah. to the... Yeah, like people will which just is all o- they'll talk about is yeah. that Bulls team, which is okay. Yeah, but but I think at the same time, sometimes there's something to be said for having watched a team that makes history like that. And yeah. So I think sometimes whether or not you're really a fan of them and really want them to, I think that it, it'd be good to see. So for me, that's kind of it. Is that I'm not a Warriors fan by any stretch, but I think I'd like to see them win this. I'm kind of on that too, but I'm going to pick the Thunder in seven. Cool. I'm, I'm the winner uh, of this game. They yeah. both play. They're both so fun to watch. Yeah. You can't really go. I will wrong. say this has seven written all over it. I, yeah. I, I like Golden State in seven. This has um, a heated seven written all yeah, over it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think Clay Thompson's going to get punched in the face. He might. He might. Speaking of that, so speaking of punches in the face. Oh yes. We'll touch on that. So uh, over the weekend, uh, Jose Batista slides hard into second base on a double play, and uh, and uh, Rugned Odor uh, who for has the Rangers a, who has a history, has a history of, of starting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Punches him, clocks him, flush in the jaw. Not just punches like haymaker. Clocks him, absolutely. Like a slow mo. The glasses come off. The helmet spins. Like it's it's like you couldn't draw it up better. Yeah, right in the jaw. Um, crazy that Batista doesn't go down. Yeah, he stays standing up to his credit. Um, but so I want to hear your thoughts because I have an opinion on on how it all went down. Yeah, so I think that this was obviously building up. I believe these two teams had a lot of bad blood in the playoffs last season, and people have gotten irritated with Batista's bat flip, which I think we've talked about, and I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. That was one of the biggest situational home runs that anyone's going to hit. It was emotional. He flipped his bat. Like, if if that's the reason for this, I don't think it's right. Um, You know, I, I guess I'm not sure. I think that obviously the Rangers might have overreacted a little bit, but... At the same time, it's fun. I mean, like I'm kind of glad it happened. I think Batista is pretty cocky. I think that he might have, over a long period of time, earned that punch in the face. Yeah. Um, but you know, single-handedly, I can't support the action of it because you don't want that to be happening all the time. But I think in a small dose like this, it's it's exciting. Okay, so we're kind of on the same page. I'm glad you went that direction because the bat flip, I am in one million percent <laughs> favor of. You need to hit that home run and throw the bat at your home stadium and, and like <laughs> yeah. cheer, like put your like raise the roof while you're going around the bases. Like I'm all for that, but you should expect to get beaned with the next pitch, or you should like not punched in the face, obviously, but you should expect retaliation for for any celebration, like in any sport. But I I encourage it. I encourage there to be, if you don't like it, stop it. Uh, like and, and right. not in the Cam Newton sense where like. He's just dancing because he wants to be flashy, like dancing because you are so amped up about like the situation. It was so like clutch, like something that just got everyone going in the entire stadium that, but you should expect a little bit of pushback. Um, And so I love the, the, the face punch. I mean, (laughs) Rogned Odor has a history of this, so I I wish it was someone a little more like Derek Jeter-esque. Yeah. Um, But what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's always good to see emotions boil over. We've talked about this before. Hatred in sports is just gone for, yeah. in, in many ways. So I think it, it's – I don't mind seeing that. From that standpoint, give, give me more hatred in sports, and, I, and I'll be happy with well, that. Well, like, let's say that's um, Bryce Harper. Like, imagine Bryce Harper oh, yeah. is in that situation. We've got a full-blown situation on yeah. our hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And which is, quote, his favorite thing to say, make baseball fun again. Right, 
Right. Um, and it, as soon as that happened, I tweeted, make baseball boxing again. <laughs> which, oh. which last thought on that, we, we talked about this over the weekend. Um, make baseball fun again implies that baseball oh, yeah. was different in some way, but fun in the past and that it has lost that ability. Yeah. It should be make baseball fun for once. Yeah. Well, and from his perspective, that's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. baseball's always been the same. I, I think baseball's fun. I think, but, but, I mean, but the definition of what Bryce Harper's going for, for make baseball fun again, it never was what yeah. you're trying to make it. I mean, he's playing off obviously Trump's thing, yeah, but yeah. it's a poor play on words. Yeah. Like, it's not fun. Yeah. It, it always has been this numbers-driven Biz- old businessman. Like business, yeah. It's been statistics going up at bat, not a people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he, yeah. and to his credit, he is unbelievable. Like he backs <laughs> oh, yeah. it all up. So it's hard to like imagine if if it was someone who like was having a bad season and he yeah. and he had like stickers all over his bat and and had a different haircut every day. Yeah, like, yeah. You'd be such a loser, but he backs it up. So to his credit. He's doing his very best to make baseball what he wants it to be. So yeah, I don't think it ever will be. But with, with I don't think so either. But he is the face of the league, and, and he's still extremely young. So he's got time to he's got time to mold the game. But I think it's going to take a lot longer than we can than get a that. few more right hands to the jaw. <laughs> I think baseball is on the up and up. <laughs> I agree, a hundred percent. So uh, that's it for baseball. Then quickly we'll talk about some hockey. Down to four teams left. We got the Blues, the Sharks in the West, and the Lightning and the Penguins in the East. Yeah. So Lightning at the moment, we won't talk about this too much. I know nothing about the Western Conference because it's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> but the Eastern Conference has come down to the Lightning, who are tied in third period, missing their starting goalie, best player in Steven Stamkos, and captain is out with the flu, Ryan Callahan, and they're still tied with. Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, who are a force to be reckoned with. So this team has fight. Yeah. I, I am on oh, board with the Lightning. Um, I don't give them a win with all these injuries in the series, but I mean, they're, they've stuck yeah. around every single time they've been counted out. Yeah, so. th- this Lightning team is impressing me so far. I think, uh, for me, if the Lightning can win this series, then the NHL playoff, then the Stanley Cup playoffs cannot go wrong for me, if the Lightning can win this. The Penguins are the only team left that I do not want to see win the Cup. Uh, I'm obviously pulling for the Lightning t- since you have an interest in it. Hey, I don't thanks, have an interest man. in I-, I don't care about these other teams, but I don't want the Penguins to win. So I particularly want the Lightning. And out west, you have the Sharks and the Blues, who are two teams that I think deserve uh, chances at the Cup as well. The Sharks have always been there, and they always yeah. fall short. And the Blues haven't always been there, but they have uh, they don't have a lot of winning in their history. So you know, I-, I like the Blues. I think they got a good bunch of guys there. So Western Conference, just... Two good guys, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't care who wins. Uh, one of them Man. deserves a shot. In the East, a bad guy and a good guy. So let's bad hopefully guy. the good guy, uh, the Lightning, can win this game and go up 2-0. But even if not, splitting the games in Pittsburgh is a good start for them. So I dig it. All right. uh, we'll see what happens. Move, moving on to another sport that is getting way too much attention. <laughs> um, Derek, I'll let you... Yeah, this will be a brief, a brief update. So we talked about Mayweather and McGregor last week. A few more updates. That it's gaining a little steam in that the fighters are talking about it. Uh, Mayweather has once again said that he thinks that there will be some type of a master plan put forth to be able to fight McGregor. He says that McGregor is the only person that he'll fight. He claims because he knows he'll punch he, his he claimed, brains out the back of his he head. He claims that McGregor will push him to the limit. He claims that McGregor is a great fighter and that he's a lot faster than he thought. And all these things that are coming out that Mayweather is saying that he clearly does not mean, trying to make people think that it would be a good fight, that he's actually a good challenger. Um, Mayweather has said that his floor for this fight, meaning the minimum uh, guaranteed money is $100 million, and he went went as far as to say that's the 
the guarantee. He said we don't talk about the the behind closed doors money that yeah. I'll be making. He says the guaranteed money has to be a hundred million dollars. So here's for you to here's my it. question: Where does because bo- I don't know who's watching boxing. I guess it's pay per view. Money, so but that's the answer. Is that where does this money? Because he's the richest athlete in sports. Th- that's the answer. Is that it's um it's the advertisement for that event and it's the pay per views. And so, but like pay per view it... isn't an, is not a sustainable model. That's why boxing is declining, and that's why MMA is declining because pay per view isn't sustainable. No, but for these massive fights, it makes a killing. I mean, I mean, the the pay per view uh the pay per view revenue for a fight like Mayweather Pacquiao or potentially Mayweather McGregor is more than any network would pay for for that fight yeah um i mean you're talking about you're talking close to super bowl dollars for those those two fights like the big 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 fights so for mayweather that's where it comes from but presumably and and i don't know a lot about boxing or mma but presumably all these other fighters are not making that much money even mcgregor on the standards on the standards of mayweather mcgregor does not make that much money i mean he pulled in a million dollars as the guarantee for his for his big mayweather uh sorry um mcgregor diaz fight a few ufc cards ago he pulled in a hundred, uh, sorry, one million as his guarantee, and certainly made a couple million more for pay per view, but nothing close to like the hundred million that Mayweather wants as a guarantee for yeah. this fight. So, so this we've already talked about it too much. We're not going to talk about the if fight it ha- itself. It, I, I, it's not going to happen. It's it if it does, I hope it does because then we're going to get to see a person we hate get beat up by another person we really hate. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Um, I think there's a chance it happens. I don't think it's a high chance, but I think there's a chance. Dana White was actually on Touch and Rich this week. I uh, Also, they asked him about that, and I listened to that interview, and Dana White said that you know he goes, this is actually a relatively important factor, uh, even though you wouldn't think it. He said that he's very good friends with Floyd Mayweather and goes back pretty far with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, whatever. And so he says if, if Floyd is serious about it, then he'll have a conversation with him. And so that's the biggest hurdle is getting the UFC uh, president to be on board with this because, again, we talked about how McGregor needs to get out of contracts with the UFC and all this stuff to be able to fight in a different sport. Yeah, Remember, it, it's a different sport. It's a different so, sport, and it, and there's contract. It would not happen for at least not, a year, and, maybe two. Yeah, like, and also McGregor's trainers say that they would need three years to train him for Mayweather. So, yeah. And um, Mayweather would be like, what? what is he, like 40? He's already old now. He's already yeah. retired now, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Again, it'd just be a huge moneymaker. I'd almost encourage you not to spend the money, but I know I will and everybody else will to watch it, but it'll just be, it'll be boring. It'll be a huge moneymaker. So let's do it. That's it for sports. And we will move to the fourth quarter. So fourth quarter starts with Boston tweet who we mentioned, um, 181,000 followers on Twitter, uh, a big social media presence in Boston agreed to be on the show. Um, next Monday said works for him. Um, I don't, know exactly what or what what we're going to talk about <laughs> um but, Boston, he, but, but he's, we're going to talk about something and he's going to tweet about it so hopefully that episode's gonna be really good we're going to have a few other um a plus segments involved because if we're going to get a, a big powerful tweet we're going to need some, some oh, yeah. powerful segments for sure not just us talking for 45 minutes yep um which we usually do <laughs> so uh that's on tap for next week um he actually sponsored this week with his um uh app flutter um and I, that's because i was his notary um and i'm actually notarizing something for him tomorrow um so we'll have more details coming up next week and put some solid plans in there you go and then there's uh there's just one more plug for the year in year in boston spon- uh sponsorship mm-hmm. so go to year uh, um if you bid i think it's ten dollar minimum uh not don't, bid, donate, donate 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 um you could enter to win a year in a very nice cambridge apartment right. i've already donated 
Um, I have no idea how many people are donating, but right. it's just him pushing it around. Yeah, so uh, so it can be think a lot. It'd be a decent chance at winning it. Um, so yeah, so and it's ten dollar donation, uh, and you have a chance to win that rent for a year at the uh, Chroma Cambridge, I believe it was, which is extremely nice uh, apartment in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so that's Boston Tweet. Looking forward to that next week for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and he'll be in studio. Won't be even, yeah, uh, he'll won't be, even here. be a, a he'll, phone call. He'll be here with beers. Yeah. It's going to be good. Here with beers in studio. So uh, so that's that. And then uh, speaking of that, just one more plug for this one. Um, we are planning the, the Battle of the Boston Accents coming up. That'll, that'll probably um, be next episode. Which should be next episode in addition to Boston I can't Tweet. think any of our listeners have really thick Boston accents, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to you. Yeah, certainly. If, if it was bad enough, we've already talked to you. Yeah. And we've already... Yeah, solidified you coming, <laughs> but th- there are definitely a few borderline that probably uh, could participate. So if any particular, if I, think I think you, my friends from home probably have some accents. Or if you think you have a fake one, if you, you have a fake one, we could we could talk. We could throw it in here and see who's we real. Other, yeah. Otherwise, we'll just play clips of Marty Walsh. And, oh God, and I heard him speak tonight. That's my final drive, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Is, well, is Marty Walsh? Little teaser so. there. Or, or um, as I like to call him, party wall. <laughs> <laughs> and we also we'll have a couple of clips of me from high school as well because I I had one I had a mean accent myself. So nice. Uh, so that's it. Boston accent segment. Uh, the battle oh. will be coming up soon. And now everyone's favorite segment. Uh, Taco Bell news. Taco Bell news. <laughs> um, so not too much going on in the Taco Bell world uh, recently. All we have this week are um, a description of a few fun facts about the packaging for Taco Bell. Um, I'm only going to read two of them because these are the two best ones I could find, and they're not great. But, so the quesadilla wrapper. Obviously, everyone's ordering quesadillas all the time because they're so freaking delicious. But they come in that stupid package with, like, the the plastic wrap that it, you have to stick your hand in, and it gets all over your hand because it's all over the top of the wrap. It's just the worst. Apparently, there's a tear here sign on the top of the of the thing, so you rip off the entire top, it folds open, you've got your own little plate. It, you can just eat it right out of the thing without getting messy. So one more reason to love Taco Bell. Um, and then the next one is uh, each sauce packet. Um, everyone knows they have the, the funny sayings. They started that probably five or six years ago. Um, they actually have their own personalities. So all the phrases, they, there's hundreds of phrases for each one. But all the phrases, whether it's fire, hot, Diablo, or the green one, they all have actual personalities. Um, I'm assuming they go in order of like mild is just a mild personality, <laughs> medium, but who knows? Yeah. Um, start investigating. We'll start investigating. So um, if you notice any trends with the Taco Bell packets, let us know. Yeah. And uh, you can find your favorite. And maybe you'll be featured on Taco Bell News. Taco Bell News. Um, So that's it for Taco Bell News. Um, Yeah, and so that's it. Also it for the fourth quarter. Um, Very quick show today. Um, All we have left are final drives. And Derek, I'll let me decide which, uh, if I'm going to go first or second, and I choose first. Cool. Cool. So you can go. Okay, so I went to the 1 and 3 event today at the Garden. Uh, 1 and 3 is a Boston City Hall initiative where... Apparently one-third of uh, people in Boston are between the ages of like 23 and 33 or 35, like a very, like the, the young professional age. Um, so this is an event to kick off this, the year in one and three. So we're going to go through a bunch of events. Um, it's at the TD Garden. You head to RCP. Um, it's right after work. So it, it's going to be an interesting event. So I go after work, leave work a tiny bit early because the mayor's going to be there. There's going to be some important stuff going on. 
Um, get there. Beautiful event. The, it was at Legends in the TD Garden, which is the, the famous bar. A ton of free gourmet food. You go in. There's open, not open bar, but cheap drinks at the bar. Um, the, there's a podium. There's there's video screens set up. It's it's a very nice event. Get some food, uh, chat with some people, sit down. It takes about 30 minutes. Marty Walsh comes up. He, well, first of all, this I'm um, like we're expecting this big speech. This this 25 year old little girl comes up and goes, "Oh, we're not gonna take up too much of your time. We're really sorry. Um, this is gonna be a short segment. Really sorry for keeping you so long. Um, here's here's Marty Walsh, but he has to run really fast. And then she gets off the stage, and Marty Walsh comes up and says, "Nonsense, nothing. He says zero substance for literally two minutes, and then he shows a video." of old people saying, it's your generation, go do it. And you look back, and they're all gone, and he's gone. And it, I was like, what a waste of potential. I called I called my dad, who's a, who's a judge in Florida, and I was like, dude, you need to run for something, because if, if this is how Boston, like a major metropolitan city, handles like a... They had 200 or so young professionals, like very important people in, in the development and future of Boston, and said nothing didn't even attempt to like throw in a uh this is what we're doing this summer or like sign up for this survey or or join us on this date it was just he told like a story about a restaurant (laughs) and then was off um so very disappointed in that kind of heated about it i think i took a long time on my final drive but um, i'll let you go derek now but i was not impressed with the one and three boston hopefully it gets better and hopefully like i like marty walsh he's a bc guy i want him to Although I was not impressed. Yeah. Sounds like our tax dollars are being used well. Um, yeah, free so food. my final draft is uh, less uh, something that I'm mad about, more something I'm happy about, which is the Red Sox. Scorching hot offense so far this season. Uh, historically good offense to this point. Uh, over the last homestand, I think they scored a le- a 10 plus runs in five of their seven games, uh, which is ridiculous. But the main por- uh, purpose of the final drive here is the young guns for the Red Sox that just recently in our memory, we were, were looking at these guys in AAA and wondering when they were going to develop. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is on a 21-game hitting streak right now. Has finally come to life. He's always been a stud defensively, but finally is hitting the ball. He's hitting over 330 this year, uh, as well as Bogarts and Betts, who are, you know, again, two of those top prospects that for a while p- people started to question whether these guys were going to develop or not into the superstars that people believed they would be. Obviously not superstars yet, but certainly trending in the right direction now. Uh, all three of those guys under 26 years old, uh, and they're three of the key cogs for the Red Sox, really, uh, with Bogarts playing, having an all-star type season at shortstop, and Betts not having a super year, but uh, still you know, hitting home runs and driving in runs, even though he's hitting for a low average. So uh, very, very encouraging. It's kind of the mix that the Red Sox needed, which is with uh, the veterans that have been around for a while and the young guns who are finally developing. And I guess the moral of the story is that in Major League Baseball, guys can develop after spending a few years in AAA, spending a few years in the majors, maybe not being studs, and then finally coming around and, and having everything click. So very good news for Red Sox fans. Sox were my pick to win the World Series this it's year. true, because they always win. Because they always win every year. <laughs> so that's all we have for episode 22 of You Heard It Here Second. Uh, big episode coming next week for 23, so we hope to see you guys then. And until then, have a great week. Later days.